cool guys welcome back to another episode of creatives on business my name is henry marsh and it is my job to chat with all of the amazing creative human beings right across the world and how they have created some awesome sustainable way to live a creative life with what they do today's guest is an incredible fashionista if i can put it that way uh, and someone who i've known for quite a number of years who is very 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 well known and respected within the fashion industry it is Leroy esmond welcome to the show how's that how are you doing dude i'm good i'm good i um you know it's it's different being in quarantine but you know i'm i'm good i'm good yeah um so this I'm is excited actually... to talk to you i haven't spoken to you in like forever <laughs> you know I, I i always get these people who are just like yeah we just want to chat to henry you know it's it's great it, it makes me feel special <laughs> <laughs> um so it's actually this is actually the first episode i didn't actually mention this earlier today this is the first episode that we're not doing video so this is going to be like very vip kind of stuff um so, yes. so thank you. Thank you for, for joining the conversation. I do appreciate it. And thanks for being on the show. So Leroy, for the party people out there who may not know, who is Leroy Esmond? What do you do? Um, so Leroy Esmond, I'm a really cool person. I am extroverted, but introverted. Um, I like wearing fabulous things. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, I, um, I run an online magazine um, and I'm also the media and communications manager for South African Fashion Week. Nice. Now, you didn't always have the job at SA Fashion Week. So what was your, what are sort of the, the leading up moments to, to getting in at SA Fashion Week? Oh, yes. So I've been, I've been um, attending SA Fashion Week for, I think, about four or five years now. Um, and, you know, I, I just love being in the scene, you know, um, and I think that's where, no, I know you from, like, when, from another publication that you used to work for, right? Yeah. Yes. Drop yes. Drink, I think, was back when it was called. It was called yes. Drop Your Drink. When it was Drop Your Drink, yes. So that's where I know you from. But, yeah, um, on the, I just woke up one morning and Lucilla Boysen phoned me and she was like, um, you know, I want you to come and work for me. Um, so come and work for me. But, you know, um, I had a friend um, that worked at Fashion Week. Her name is Kia and she was the content coordinator. And, you know, she obviously got better opportunities. So when she um, resigned, she, you know, put me as a reference to work at Fashion Week. So it was truly an honor for me. And yeah, you know, it wasn't a thing of, oh, I should think about it. It was like, okay, cool, just do it. Yeah. And I've been doing it and I've been at Fashion, I've been working full-time at Fashion Week for a year and two months now. Wow, I actually didn't realize, I didn't realize you've been there for so long. It's, it's crazy how the time flies. Well, it feels like I've been there for 22 years. <laughs> is, is, is it that bad, Leroy? No, it's lovely. But you, you can even ask, you can even ask like Lucilla and in the meetings, it's just like, I know so much already of yeah. like everything um, that, I mean, I can, I can tell you of like photographs from the archives. 
you know, where to find these photographs, where to look for it anywhere, you know, it's, it's like I've studied fashion week. It's, it's intense, but I mean, you know, and I, and I know Lucilla for a long time. So, you know, she feels like my mother away from my mother. Okay. Okay. Um, there was actually something I, I, I'd been meaning to ask you in terms of the, the fashion week thing, because you, your background isn't necessarily in fashion. You've, if I understand correctly, you're more into the, the PR side and, and social media management and that kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So my background is not fashion. My background is more digital marketing, PR. Um, you know, that's where, you know, I started my career, um, and it's it's been it's been great it's been great so you know it's it's not I've, I've worked in different fields i've worked in it i've worked in property management i've worked in education um and you know it's just nice to um dabble in in fashion and i think that's just where i feel more comfortable yeah yeah where, so where did your where did your love for fashion come from were you just one of those kids who just you just looked up all the Marie Claire magazines growing up or where did your love for fashion come from? You know, it's so weird. Um, I don't know. I just always loved wearing and being surrounded by, by beautiful things, you know? Um, I've always, I've always loved opening up like you, you said, um, Mary Claire, but you know, for me, it was British Vogue. You know, that was like my thing for me. I'd open up a Vogue magazine and be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is lovely. This is beautiful. And I'd watch runway shows on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I think that's just where my love came from. And magazines, you know, fashion magazines, but high fashion magazines, your ID, your days magazines, um, you know, just beautiful editorial, weird models, that kind of thing. That's just, I think that's where my love came from. But I think I've just always had it in me, you know, to just love clothing and the power that clothing has on someone. It's so beautiful to see, um, you know, putting someone in, in something fabulous, it changes them. It changes who they are. Um, you, you were speaking now about, you know, putting people into different clothes and, and how it changes them. I've, I've had the, the wonderful, fortunate opportunities to, to work with you as a stylist on some of the shoots and things that I've, I've taken place on. And really, I've seen you come into your own as a, as a fashion stylist and, and being able to throw different... I don't know how you would say, you know, different genres of, of clothing together and just make it look incredible would you put that down to all your many years of staring at british vogue magazines or how do you think about fashion and how you put it together well you know it's for me it's literally just like okay so there's this beautiful quote by this beautiful person named rupaul rupaul yes. charles rupaul charles always says we were born naked and the rest is drag right <laughs> I mean, Love it. I think of it. I, I mean, I take it. I take it in, and I think it's absolutely, um, absolutely true. Because I mean, if I look at myself and how I used to dress, you know, back in the days, I mean, it was really bad. And now it's just like I just throw on like things that I feel comfortable in, um, and 
you know, I just take what I love and I just put it out, you know? So if I want to put a model, you know, like most models that I've worked with know that, you know, I will, I will make you feel comfortable doing uncomfortable things, you know, like the, the female models know. I don't like a bra because I always try to cover it. I always try to cover them. Um, they know that. Um, and I just like all these different designers and what they bring to the table. That's why I can, you know, and it's also um, influence surrounding me, you know, Philippe, um, the way he dresses, um, Yasmin Fermi, how she dresses. It's, it's all these different influences that I take in Lucilla, even her dress, um, how she dresses. I take it all in, I put it, I try it for myself. And then, you know, if I do do a shoot, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, what would she wear if she was going to have all of these clothes with her? Or what would he wear kind of a thing? Okay. Okay. So it's sort of like you're trying to embody these people who you maybe look up to um, and trying to figure wow, out like a, what, what would they do in the scenario and how they get dressed and how they wear these things. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is a, another good segue into, you know, obviously we we're, we're going to be chatting a lot about fashion today. Um, and so for those of you who are listening, we are recording this episode of Creators on Business somewhere in the middle of May in the middle of the coronavirus season taking place. Mm-hmm. So Leroy, you know, with everything that's taking place and, you, and you're working at, at SA Fashion Week, SA Fashion Week was supposed to take place now in the last couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken, um, the actual physical show. How You have been doing some pretty innovative things with the SA Fashion Week platform. Do you want to chat about that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, um, you know, firstly, thank you for, you know, mentioning um, Fashion Week. Um, it's always good when, you know, members of the media um, talk about us. Um, I always love it. You know, I think it's really nice. Really, I do. I read everything. Um, but yes, um, Fashion Week, our Spring Summer 20 collections was going to take place uh, on the 22nd to the 25th of April. Um, and obviously, due to the coronavirus, um, that couldn't happen, um, you know. So we have been looking at doing a digital show. Um, so obviously, you know, that's still in the development stages um, of how that process is going to do. But, you know, this past, um, like, on the 22nd to the 25th, we really, we, we did want to have a fashion week kind of a thing because it was very nostalgic for us. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for Lucilla especially, you know, um, not being able to have a show was also like, you know, it was very different for her because this is the first time in her career that she was, that, you know, it's out of her control yeah. kind of a thing, you know. So what we did is we, we um, took past seasons collections. Um, so designers that were part of autumn, winter 19, autumn, winter 18, spring, summer 19, um, and then autumn winter 20, and we took their um, collections and we broadcast them, um, we premiered them on our YouTube channel and on our website, um, just to kind of just tribute to them, you know, for all of their hard work um, in putting their collections together. Um, and then, you know, so we did that at that time. And then we, prior to that, what we did is we had um, 
SA Fashion Week conversations with particular designers. Um, so it was open to all the designers and it was basically just them talking about um, the coronavirus and how it's affected them and impacted them um, on their business. Um, did they have to rethink um, their business methodologies? Um, and, you know, just, you know, we always try to look at the positives mm. um, in everything. So, you know, what kind of positive thing did they take from, you know, being in isolation? Um, and most of them always, most of them brought up the topic of, you know, rethinking sustainability, rethinking um, how they go about doing their business practices. You know, what is, what is customer appreciation for them? So it was, it was very interesting um, to see that. So obviously now um, I'm going to be opening it up to the models, um, you know, because, you know, they are also... They also make up South African Fashion Week. Our makeup artists, our sty um, stylists, you know, and just opening it up to them and seeing and hearing from them what it's all about. So I think it's, I think it's really cool. We've gotten really good traction from it. Um, so yeah, we're really loving it. Um, and we're loving what the designers are bringing to the table with it. So yeah. I want to sort of split the conversation in two here, um, and there's something I want. I want to get back to to this little hub of the of the coronavirus thing. But but before I go with that, I want to find out from you, Leroy, before before the coronavirus um, epidemic sort of hit us and and the whole entire world as a whole, what it, fashion in general and fashion weeks all over the world have started changing, and and I've been really fortunate to to have travelled overseas to to be a part of different fashion weeks. Um, what are you seeing as the, as the biggest sort of threat to fashion and fashion weeks across the world at the moment? What are the biggest struggles? Sustainability. And I mean, what, what does that mean? What is sustainability? The thing is sustainability means so many things. I mean, if you look at sustainability in terms of luxury, you know, um, it means the fabric, the fabric choices. It means um, your business methodologies, are you being sustainable in that? It means, um, you know, what has your, if you have a CMT, you know, if you have CMTs that you work for, how are you being sustainable with them? So sustainability is such a broad thing, but if you, if you look at the conversations that's been happening from earlier, this, from like, you know, end of last year to now, it's around sustainability. It's around how can... Because I mean, if you look at if you look at fashion, we contribute, um, you know, a lot to um, pollution. You know, especially if you're a denim designer, you use a lot of water. You know, yeah. So it's so it's around it's 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 around sustainability, and especially with us at um, SA Fashion Week, we we put in a 2025 vision. Um, around sustainability and you know what that looks like um, we are still you know needing that into um, our practices you know so in our office obviously we do have large windows so we don't use light um, as often um, we try our utmost best not to use a lot of paper so this is just office things and then we always encourage the designers to use sustainable fabrics like hemp 
um, cotton, linen. And obviously these fabrics are expensive, you know? So when, when people say, the, the frustrating thing for me is like people say, oh, I'm not going to buy local, I'm going to buy from like Zara, you know? For me, it's frustrating because I mean, they are willing to pay 700 Rand for a shirt when they can just pay that 700 Rand and buy from a local designer. Mm -hmm. And it's basically better fabric, number one, I think is better fabric. Number two, it's, it's good. You are going to be an individual because it's a South African brand. So they do seasonal collections. And once it's done, it's done. You know, the only time it gets made again is if it's requested by a client. Whereas with large, large industries like Zara, it's one pattern that gets distributed globally. Mm. So, you know, I, I look at it from that perspective. So, yeah, um, sustainability is a big thing. Um, and also, everyone's been talking about doing a digital fashion week. And, you know, no one is yet to show the world what a digital fashion week will look like. Um, I think the closest I've seen is um, Evelyn Mora. You've met her mm. um, on Helsinki Fashion Week. I think she's very close to... Um, to what a digital fashion week will look like. Um, you know, I've been watching what she's been doing on social media. So I think, um, you know, it's people like her that we should be looking at. And then also there's been a lot of talks around ethical fashion, you know, and um, ethical hacking kind of a thing um, and export and import um, and what that looks like, especially now, you know, with, you know, you, you can't just now just send stuff to Paris or let pa Paris things come to the side because, you know, you don't want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I feel like this is, and this is another good segue into what I want to chat about because, look, I, I made my first forays into the fashion industry probably about five, you know, four or five years ago um, when I attended my very first fashion week. And something I learned from the get-go or something that was that was already starting to become a buzzword back then was that was this idea of sustainability and sustainable fashion and stuff like fast fashion <laughs> and and you know being very much the kind of guy that i am i knew nothing about those kinds of things and, and to a certain extent you know these things still elude my brain a tiny little bit but i want to i want to chat to you about this this idea of fast fashion and there's so many people who have said that fast fashion is the reason that so much of the fashion industry is dying do you think that the coronavirus and and the thing that that's that's happened to us now where we're all having to sort of focus inwards and focus specifically with um the the goods that can get manufactured in south africa sort of ex as you were saying now you know you don't have to you don't have to import or export things at the moment uh, we're all trying to sort of source things locally do you think that that's yeah. maybe going to have a, a long-term positive impact on the fashion industry simply because now we are, are are looking inwards i think that that depends on the south african community you know um we are so used to going to H&M, to Zara, to all of these stores to buy clothes, you know. Um, so it needs to become a habit for us to, it's like you have to re-educate like re and re-teach um, yourself again 
um, that, you know, let me go and buy a local, a local garment. And one of the things that they'll say is that it's expensive, you know, but then at the same time, they are willing to go and buy a Gucci. Yeah. So it just, it's like, why? You understand? Um, why? why? So, so I think at this time, I mean, there's been a lot of people have been buying masks from local designers, which is super cool. Mm. Um, I think that, that is super great. I mean, um, Demo Clothing, Judith Atelier, um, Floyd Avenue, African Swiss, um, Band Collective, you know, it's um, by Peril. All of these people are really doing amazing things. And I mean, um, if you look at like Judith Atelier, um, she is part of her proceeds goes to um, a fund where she is, you know, feeding people. So it's a lot of it's a lot of good that we are seeing right now. But then at the same time, you know, once the economy opens fully, what that looks like is up to us and the people. You know, if we decide, okay, cool, we've been happy with buying local, you know, let's go and continue this. But, you know, once, once that store opens, you know, and, they, and it's been restocked, I don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, it's not, I don't think it's like okay for me to say that, you know, um, Zara's bad, da, da, da. I have my opinion, you know. Um, I do have pieces that I've also bought from Zara. But, you know, my first inclination is always to see what a South African designer has that I think I love and I want to wear. And, you know, if I have to save up money to buy it, then I will buy it. Yeah. 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 But I think it all depends on, on us as the people and the government. So, so I want to ask you a question here. Um, and, and this is, I mean, it's a very selfish question because it's, it's the kind of thing I wonder often, you know, you know, you, you go to a, a shopping mall and you're like, okay, cool. I'm looking to buy some jeans. So, you know, I walk into a Mr. Price or a, or a Woolworths or a Edgar's or something like that. How do I know what is locally sourced? Uh, how do I know what's locally designed? Where do I find locally sourced and designed garments? So, I mean, Edgar's does stock local designers. Um, obviously, you need to look at the label and if the label says made in SA, um, you know, um, in Edgar's um, and also in Jet stores because they fall under the same umbrella. Um, but, you know, you do have local boutiques that sell, that stock local. Um, look at the space. You know, the space is, you know, all around South Africa and they only stock local designers. Um, so. You know, there's a wide variety the space um, has, um, and then there's the Spaceman. I think that there's only two stores of the Spaceman or three stores in South Africa. Mm. But, you know, they, they do have an online store that you can purchase from, um, and you can purchase from there. There's Platform 23 that you can purchase from. So, you know, the thing is you just need to look for these stores. Mm. Um, and, I mean... And the the thing is, yes, it's difficult to find, but they are there. You have Lala Lux. Lala Lux is doing amazing things. Um, Lala Lux, I mean, you know, we we've collaborated with with Lala Lux um, in you know 
taking our designers that showcase with us and putting them on the platform and selling there as well. Lala Lux has a wide variety of South African um, designers that you can purchase, you know, and they are online. So, you know, I would always say, look at those stores, you know, but if you want like straight off the runway things, Lala Lux is for you. If, if you were to consider the South African context of the, the, the fashion week, oh, sorry, of the fashion markets, who would you consider to be the most successful and, and what would you attribute their, their success to? Sorry, say that again. <laughs> so if you look at the South African market of, of fashion, who would you consider to be really successful in terms of the, 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 not just the quality and the clothing and the garments that they're producing, but sort of financially they're, they're doing well for themselves? So we're talking designers. Yeah, designers or, or manufacturers of garments in South Africa. So look... Um, I would say, number one, the person that's doing very well, I would say, is Khat Um Khat has built, has built a fan base, has built a client base that I don't think, you know, people, designers in South Africa understand, mm. you know, and the, the dynamic that and his husband has in terms of business, you know, the way that they do business is truly something to admire and to acknowledge and to, you know, ask, like, how did you do it? Because it, I mean, you know, so this weekend, I'm going to take this weekend, for example, um, you know, I did a post on the masks that he was selling, mm. right? And I think I did it on, on Saturday or Sunday. I'm one of the two, right? Today it's sold out. Sure. And I mean, when I did the post, um, because he did it first, 16 hours later, I think there were like, because he had about like 10 different masks that are on there that had about like 35 or something stock stocked on the site and when i went in most of it was already sold out yeah so i mean it's it's people like him that we should look at and also brand loyalty brand like brand loyal people so um judith artillier has a great like how can i say business methodology and how she does her marketing on social media is also really something to, to kind of like look at and kind of like figure that thing out. Um, who else? There's, there's quite a lot, but then also you have in this industry leaders, um, like, I'm sorry to mention this, Lucilla Boysen, you know? Um, Lucilla has built the South African fashion, the the South African creative fashion industry to where it is today. Um, and I think, you know, she's created a platform for designers, for, for, for any, any creative, I think for any creative to kind of, you know, spread their wings. And I literally put my hands up when I said spread their wings. <laughs> um, to, to spread their wings and just like 
be a true designer and she's honestly really seen talent and she understands talent. Um, but yeah. Um, and Palesa, Palesa Mukubong, I mean, you know, being the first black African in the world to be globally recognized um, is also truly something to admire. I think there's something to be said, you know, I, I recently did, did some work with, with DeMille, as you'll know, um, and, and co-collaborator Peter Black. Um, and I, I really think, you know, just from the tiny little bit of fashion work that I've done, we've got some really, really great stalwart people, you know, people who've been in the fashion industry for, for ages and who bring so much experience and knowledge to the fashion industry do you think there's and, and i also know for a fact that there's a lot of fashion houses and fashion schools and things in in south africa do you do you think that a lot of this knowledge and experience is being brought forward within the newer people coming up in the ranks yeah um yeah i think let let's take I'm going to speak about, okay, so Demol. Demol has been in the industry for like 25, 27 years. Mm. So that man, Kunrad, he knows, he knows his things, you know? And I just love all of his stuff. If I could win the lotto, I would buy everything, <laughs> you know? Like, that's how much I love his clothing. And he knows this. But, you know, if we're talking about fashion houses and fashion schools, um, you know, you can go to a school and you can learn what you can, but it's up to you as an individual to take that and kind of expand on it. Mm. And I think for me personally, there's been two people that I know that, that is young, but that have taken the knowledge from school and have just evolved it into something. And that's Tebe Maguru, who won the LVMH Prize last year, and Richard Misi. Mm. Um, I mean, there's days where Tebe will, you know, bring his clothes to the fashion agent, and I'm just like, I just want to put it on me, even though it's ladies' wear, I couldn't care less, <laughs> I just want to wear it, you know? But I mean, they just, like if you look at the construction of the garments and what goes into it and you know um what like the amount of thought put into a garment it's truly a magical thing to kind of witness you know um and you know tebe winning the lvmh prize proves that there's great talent in south africa also, Sandiso Kumalo was a finalist for the LVMH Prize this year. And obviously, you know, due to the coronavirus, the, what they've decided to do is instead of having a winner, they split the money amongst the eight finalists, which I think is brilliant. Wow. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, Sandiso Kumalo is also a sustainable designer. She uses silks, pure silks, linens, cottons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we do have... Like, and sometimes you have raw talent, people that have not gone to school to study, but that make spectacular things like Nintendo XB. You know, people think that he went to school and he's, self, he's a self-taught designer. Jeez. 
So, I mean, this, this segue is quite nicely, again, into, into something I want to chat about is, do you need to go out and study some kind of formal fashion degree? Or is it the kind of thing, if you've just got a natural born talent and you work your ass off, you can, you can get there? It's difficult to say, Henry, because the thing is, the education gives you a leg up. Hmm. Um, having that formal education gives you a leg up and also you know tricks of the trade, you know, and, but, but, you know, sometimes raw talent is raw talent and you can't deny the raw talent. Mm. And then, and then there's education, you know, education is knowledge is power. It's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. So with this, Leroy, what do you, what do you see with the future of, of fashion? Do you think there is still going to be, a, especially with the advent of, of fast fashion and, and with big, 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 big companies that are coming out with 52 seasons, literally a season every single week of, of clothing. And, and this is obviously not just before the, the coronavirus that, that's currently taking place. Do you think there's still a future for the hard and hard working fashion that we're talking about or or do you think it's going to look a little bit, a little bit different? Well, I, I definitely think that's, that there's going to be... The thing is, fashion will always be there, you know, because you can't go to work naked. <laughs> HR will call you in and be like, um, <laughs> this is a warning, you know, and you'll get arrested for public indecency. So I think fashion will, be around, fashion will definitely be around forever. Um, it's just, I think it will look very different. And I think people, the people in the industry will start looking at fashion from a different perspective. Yeah. And it's up to us in the fashion industry to educate the people that are not in the industry as to what fashion is going to look like in the future. Mm. Um, and I think it's also up to us to gain that knowledge and to understand that knowledge and then to take that knowledge and give it to people, whether it's your family, whether it's your boyfriend, whether it's your girlfriend, you know, whether it's your partner. I don't know if you're in love with a tree, you know, educate that tree. Um, you can be politically correct these days. <laughs> Leroy, so I want to bring this all back around, back to you. You know, so you're working at SA Fashion Week, um, and, that's, and that's a company that's been around for... I think, I think they celebrated 21 years last year, if I'm not mistaken. Do you feel like you are able, as an individual, you're able to make an impact on, on the things, you know, sort of the daily decisions that you make? Yes. So last year, SA Fashion Week celebrated 22 years in the industry. Mm. This year, we're celebrating 23 years in the industry. The 21 years was in 2019, Mr. March. You were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do feel that I, I, I bring something to the table, and I think it's my, my background of digital um, and my experience of working with, especially in the IT industry, you know. Um, I've helped some, you know, designers with their social media and you know, what they've done with it is like really, really cool. And, you know, the thing that they've come back to me is always like, Leroy, you're doing amazing things um, with um, South African Fashion Week. And, you know, there's days where it is difficult and I do feel like, oh, flip, you know, 
am I, am I giving of myself enough um, to this industry? But then it's those little things where, Thrift Leader, you're doing great work um, that kind of push me to do more. Um, so I do think I do contribute um, what I can to the industry um, in terms of digital and in terms of the importance of PR and the importance of having a consistent social media um, and the importance of, you know, having an online store and having a brick and mortar store as well, you know, so, yeah. So, so speaking about these things and especially things that have made a big impact on you as, as an individual, what's, what's the best investment that you have to make? And that doesn't necessarily have to be a, a monetary investment, but just something that you've maybe put a lot of harder work hard work, heart and soul into, what's, what's the best investment that you've ever made that you've found has given you the greatest reward? Education. And it sounds cliche, but, you know, I was having a discussion with my mother, um, I think it was last week, and she was, she was like, you know, Lira, the best thing I could ever give you is education. And I thought about it, and it, it's, it's so true. For me, you know, learning, I always learn. I always learn something. I always try to learn, whether it's online, whether it's going to an institution. I love learning. Um, you know, right now I'm working, I'm studying with um, the Digital Marketing Institute in Dublin, um, and it's challenging, you know, because it's things that I know, but then when they explain it to me, and how to do it, they go so much more in depth and I'm just like, oh crap, you know, have I been doing it wrong this whole time? Mm. And the thing that I love most about my industry, about the digital industry specifically, is that it's ever changing, mm. you know? So I learn one thing and then it kind of like gets phased out and I've got to learn another thing. So I think for me, the best investment I've ever done for myself is learning, you know? And I've learned from you. Oh, what, 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 have you, what have you learned from me, Leroy? No, I'm being serious. I've learned from you. You have, you have a very um, stern business methodology, if I can say. You very like, you know, this is how things are going to happen, you know, and we're going to do it this way. Um, and I love that about you. I love, I love that you have the structure with you um so I'm, you know i've learned that from you i've i've also like you know learned like you have a very specific eye for things um and how you look at things um you know especially with the photographs that you take so that's really cool and you know i've i've watched some of your lectures you think i haven't but i have and <laughs> i know People think I don't. People think I'm just like chilling with my life, you know, but I sit online and I watch everybody's things. I know what everybody's doing. So, <laughs> um, well, well, thank you, Leroy. I, I appreciate the, the kind words, but I think there's definitely something to be said about exactly what you've just mentioned in terms of, of education, but more towards you, what you've just actually said right at the end is, is, you know, just actually taking notice of, of everything that's taking 
place around you. Uh, I think it's very, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of, of being within your own little space and bubble. So it's cool. It's cool that you are still actively taking part in other people's lives. Um, And thank you for your kind words. I I appreciate it. And just one last thing. It's always very important to, to know that you don't live your life through your cell phone. Mm. You know, if you want to see people, make an effort to see it. If things come along, then just try and try and try and try until you see one another. I can't see you and give you a hug because I'll die or you'll die. I don't know if Miss Corona wants to find <laughs> But the thing is, is like if I see you, I know that I can just talk to you and I can just chill and, you know, I don't need to like see you only on social media, you know, so... Social media sometimes is the devil, but oh yeah, be a good devil sometimes. Oh, yeah, um, I, I have to agree with you there. I I have been known to to throw a lot of shade social media's way. Uh, I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. the biggest advocate for for social media, but what you say is true, and it's I think that's that's something that you know as as life and the fashion industry and in, and every industry sort of becomes more globally digital. Um, and even as we seek sort of sustainability, I think there is definitely something that we need to remember within the fact that we are still a human race and we still require human intimacy and the face-to-face connection. It's, it's actually interesting. I was having a conversation earlier today with someone where, <clears throat> excuse me, where we were chatting about how buildings and the spaces that we use are changing and how I still believe that, you know, people will still want to in the future go in and physically touch the products that they want to buy. It's not just everything is happening digitally. So I think the, 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 the note that you've just made is, is very important as well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's also, I love going into stores. You know this. Mm. You've been with me at Santon City. <laughs> I just love, I just like going into a store and just like looking at things. It's nice. But then, you know, Sometimes it's also nice sitting on your couch and ordering something. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So, Leroy, um, sort of changing a little bit of tack over here, what is something that you as an individual believe that other people might think is completely crazy? It's completely? Crazy. Mm. Oh, this is, this is such a touchy subject. Um, I but we love touchy subjects. I, I, you know, I think. Um, okay, so I I come from a very Christian background, and yeah. you no, know, I'm very liberal. You know, like I don't care who you date, who I date, as long as I'm happy and I love that person, I'm going to date whoever. Mm. So I think you know a lot of my Christian friends will hate me for saying this but you know I, de- I believe in individuality um but most people believe and and i believe in in god i believe in god i do i, I, I pray all the time you know and people are like oh you pray and i'm like yes i pray i come from a praying home so yeah, because for me, God gives me my creativity, you know, and I don't care who you pray to. The thing is, you are praying to someone, you know, even 
even if, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be touching subjects here, but even if you're an atheist, yeah, I still think that somewhere you have believed in something and it's worked out for you, mm. even if you're an atheist. Even if you're a Satan worshiper, I mean, I have, I have Satan worshiping friends, good friends, you know, I prefer them more to my Christian friends. I do. Um, it's, we love, man. It's, but that's exactly it. I think it's what's, what's interesting is, again, I, I had a conversation this morning. I was, also, I was recording another podcast episode this morning um, and we were chatting about sort of believing in yourself and loving yourself and I think so much of what you're saying right now is, is part of that because you, you sort of, you, you need to accept yourself for who you are, irrespective of who you think you are and what you are and, and how you believe in your belief systems. I think you Yes, and I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about RuPaul, right? Yes. All those drag queens, right? Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Of course, swear away. Okay, so this recent episode, you know, um, there is a drag queen called Crystal Method and Crystal Method is like super weird. And you know what, the judges were like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you coming to your weird. And she was like, you know, I feel like people don't understand my weirdness. And Whoopi Goldberg said this here, fuck them. Exactly. exactly. Because it's true. Yeah. The thing is, if I'm having a good time being myself, doing me, being me, loving me, you'll see that and you'll want to follow. Mm. And that's just the thing. You know, if you're doing you and you're being happy, why do you need other people? Well, you need other people because if you need to love them or anything, then they need to be there. But, you know, I love being myself. I love being an individual. I love, you know, times where I'm happy and I'm, and I'm loving people. And then, you know, there's times where I like being you know, a, a bitch. <laughs> and he laughs. <laughs> you know, I, I think everyone can be a, everyone needs to be a bitch at some point. But, but yeah, I think the, the core message here is, is that you, you need to, you need to accept yourself and you need to love yourself before you're able to, to do that for other people and capable of, of giving that power um, and that sort of fulfillment to other people as well, you know? Um, yeah. So, Leroy, starting to sort of wind down here a little bit, if you were to look back at Leroy 10 years ago, what sort of advice would you give yourself? Oh, don't take yourself too seriously. Like, don't. Um, that's one thing. Um, always remember to love yourself. Um, I tell myself to always trust my instincts. Um, I tell myself, oh, Henry, why are you bringing up all of these things? <laughs> um, I tell myself it is okay to, to love who you want to love. Mm. I tell myself it's okay to, to not have a father. It's okay to to be alone. Yeah. And I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go into this deep dark hole that I see myself plunging into. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's those things that I tell myself. Mm. 
Because I mean, you know, I was I was bullied as a child. Bullied. Really terribly. And you know, it's people like you that give me hope that someone like me can be looked at with with love and with admiration. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, it's always, it's always, it's a really typical, a difficult kind of thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who go through similar experiences that, that you are mentioning. And, and I do think so much, so much, so much of life's negativity and issues and problems and strife can just be solved with one thing. And that's, that's, as you said, love and just, you know, loving one another and, and accepting yourself for, for the incredibly, amazing and talented fabulous human being that you are um and i think that's 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 part of the reason why we've we've had such a great relationship and such a good friendship over the last i don't even know five years whatever it's been that, that you know that we've been that we've been friends um is it's based off of, off of mutual respect and and you know just an appreciation for one another yeah and it's just yeah it's just really important so so thank you. Nira. Right now, <laughs> yes, a hug, a hug would be great. Little um, things that I'm just like, why? It is Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing that, Leroy. For all the party people out there on the interwebs listening to this right now, where can they find you on the they social find media on, website things? On all social media channels, um, I'm everywhere. Um, my handle is agape underscore eulogy on all platforms. Okay. Don't, don't add me on Facebook and don't message me on Messenger because I don't. <laughs> I won't. I'll look at it and I'll add, I will blue tick you if you message me on Messenger. <laughs> Being honest. Oh, that's the worst. Okay. Um, Leroy, last question for you. If you had a big ass billboard on the n1 right now and well not right now before the coronavirus season took place and everyone is stuck in traffic and they were just staring at this one billboard what would your billboard say fucking do you boom drops mic love it yeah i love it you know i could tattoo that on me but i don't believe in such words on yourself (laughs) but Uh, i would be to do it i love it i love it leroy thank you so much for for being on the show i I really appreciate it again this is the more i do these these chats uh, and the more i get to learn about people it's it's just it's so incredible to me how we've already gone through an entire hour um it's been a privilege and a pleasure talking to you so thank you for being on the show and to you and you know keep doing amazing things henry like literally you know i i i think about like your like the photographs that you used to take like back 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 in the day and how you've evolved you know it's you are truly you are truly amazing and keep being amazing and just i just love you so much h dog that's what i call henry to everybody listening i call henry h dog Oh, that's the best. Leroy, thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much love and, and mutual respect that, that flows both ways. Um, it's been a, a privilege and a pleasure to, to be your friend uh, over the last, as I said, like three or four or five years. 
Um, and yeah, thanks for being on the show. It's been a, it's been a pleasure getting to catch up with you in such a manner. And yeah, for everyone out there who's been listening, thank you so much for joining in on another episode of Creatives on Business. I will catch you guys on the next one.